Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 96. This week on the show, I've got Michael Barr of the band Volumes. Um, This was a big one for us. Big fan of what Volumes has been doing, especially lately. The new album is fucking sick. Um, And yeah, I was just really excited to connect with Michael. We had previously attempted to. We were both having some connection issues. He's on the road when we were doing this uh, on tour, and things just didn't line up very well. Got back together a couple days later. Still some minor uh, connection issues between, you know, venues not so great Wi-Fi and and things like that. It, it happens. But um, really enjoyed talking to him. think we covered a lot of really cool stuff. And, you know, if you've been a fan of volumes or the metalcore, hard rock, whatever genre box you want to stuff them in, uh, if you've been a fan of that scene, this is probably an episode that you want to pay attention to because uh, Michael and I talk about a lot of cool stuff, uh, including the new album, uh, the you know life on the road to some extent, um, the way touring is routed and how it you know is important to uh, get out and and show support and and respect to the artists that are making these sometimes very long drives and sometimes with weather, you know, I used Denver as my shout out city. Uh, but you know, bands that are touring and have a Denver date in the middle of fucking December or January when there's snow all over the ground and, you know, it, it can become a, a treacherous thing. Uh, and Michael and I talk about that a little bit. Um, but they've got their new album getting ready to drop. Uh, that new album is called happier and, um, yeah, it was super cool to, to chat with Michael about it. So, um, let's go ahead and just, just dive in, right? Like you, you don't want to hear me keep going on and on at the beginning here. So let's dive into my conversation with Michael Barr of the band volumes. Um, so yeah, to kick things off, we'll start off with the same boring ass question that we do every time. And that's the simple introduction, uh, who you are, what you do in the band and just a little background on yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, my name is Michael Barr. I've been doing, um, volumes for in and out of the band now back in the band for over 10 years now, almost 12 years, been involved in heavy music for longer. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, musician slash um, creative, I guess you can call me. And I'm from Southern California. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so we'll throw this out for people that are listening. As we're recording this, uh, you are currently in the Midwest on a tour in fucking November. Uh, so being from Southern <laughs> California... What's that like? You know, obviously you're used to it because you've been doing this a long time. But like, is it still a shock when you get to the Midwest and you're like, fuck, it is cold over here. It's interesting how much colder it feels than it does like on the East Coast. Like it's a different type of numbness to the cold here. But 
being from Southern California, yeah, being from Southern California, the one thing you, you, you're never prepared ever. You, you don't know, you forget how cold things are. Even if you tour all the time, you've toured for years. That's my like running joke is, you know, we get like the bare minimum uh, compared to like you know, people who live year round. But uh, yeah, cold weather. The only thing I, I, I like it because I am from a place where the weather is pretty predictable every day, but I just don't like touring during the winter because it, the roads get icy and sketchy. And that's when like, that's when it's for me, um, yeah. I, I hate going to certain parts. So, but yeah, it's cold. I mean, it's today's everyone's freaking out how cold it is. Like we did not expect it to be this cold today. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm over in Indiana, and looking at my watch right now, it is 46 degrees outside today, so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about right. It was 37 earlier when we got here, so. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's something that's always blown my mind, like, when booking agents and, and whoever's putting tours together, they're like, hey, I know it's, like, mid-December, early January, and there's snow everywhere, so let's go to fucking Denver. Like, dude, what a terrible fucking idea. Uh, yeah and we've done those and like in vans like lighter vehicles not like a bus or a bandwagon that's weighted down like and like all the weights in the trailers it's just like a recipe for disaster and you know and you through some of these you know like dense paths and stuff like that it's like you learn you learn what roads to to stay off of and and what roads that you can take through and it's you know, I've known a lot of people that haven't had such good luck. We've, where's the closest piece of wood I can knock on <laughs> so far? But yeah, it's touring in the winter is like, if you if you do that, like you can do anything really. Touring the winter is pretty easy. There we go. Okay. Yeah. So you know, like. It's one of those things, obviously, you understand it from a business standpoint on, like, routing tours and stuff like that. And logically, you want to be in your bigger markets and nicer weather and stuff. But, yeah, like, it, it just always seems like when bands announce, like, a Denver date or, you know, just something, like, really sketchy like that in the middle of winter, it's, you, you just have to hope and pray that nothing goes wrong. Because, like you said, like, for anyone that's never driven a, a van with a trailer or anything like that, like it's it's okay to do on a dry road in the summer during the day, but anything outside of that, like so much can go wrong very quickly. Yeah, you know, and I also feel like even if you have all the experience in the world, it's just like mother nature, science, like all that stuff is very much work working against you. So, yeah, I mean. They're fun though. I mean, again, not to harp on the whole Southern California thing, but like that's the only time I get to see any seasons change or get a dose of like right. real winter. You know, you get up to Canada too, and it's just absurd like what they have to go through with the snow <laughs> right. and stuff. And so it's like, you know, it's cool for me and everything. But yeah, it's you, it's like you got to be careful. You got to be you know really sober about about touring in the winter for sure. Yeah. I I forget for sure. I think it was a day to remember did an interview a long time ago. You know, being from Florida and one of their first like national tours forget where, but it was somewhere that it snows in the winter and it was like the first time that they had seen snow 
and on that very first tour they wrecked the van because like nobody knows how to drive yeah. in the snow you know and it's just it's really it i hope listeners like take that into consideration and and really appreciate that you know sometimes it it's sketchy as fuck to get to a venue um, oh yeah 100%. you should really make sure that you're uh, showing that appreciation yeah yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you're putting your life on the line, I guess, you know, it's kind of dramatic, but every day you're doing so many logistics and traveling and especially if you're not flying anywhere. It's like roads are, roads can be, you know, evil, but yeah, it, it, it and especially in the winter, it's, it's a, it takes a lot to get to shows for sure. That, that's a good point. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, you mentioned it in your little kind of background on yourself in and out of the band over the last 10 to 12 years, um, been playing music for much longer than that. What was it like for you? Like kind of when it was time to come back, like how easy of a decision was that? Like, you know, kind of what went down with you coming back to the band? Um. Well, basically what happened was, give me one second. I'm going to go yeah, into this fine. bathroom, you're lock fine. myself in here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you bleed. It's, all good. Um, it's, it's a tight, tight venue today. It's, everything's on top of each other. So I'm sure you're getting, you're getting kicks and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, basically what happened was they reached out to me to help in the studio first, um, just kind of behind the scenes. And I, agreed to you know help with some music and write some 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 songs with them and then it just kind of like ultimately led into a bigger conversation of me joining the band um and yeah it's been it's been a pretty full circle moment for me and i think for the other guys um it it's like i never thought i would be playing especially in volumes, but I didn't really think I would be playing heavy music again. Definitely like would be listening and supporting it for the rest of my life is what I thought and just was going to move on and try to do, you know, some solo music and stuff like that. Um, but I never really thought about starting another like heavy band or a rock band and the opportunity arose and it just felt like the right timing and things were different prior to when I decided to pull the plug. So yeah we pulled the trigger and here we are now we got an album coming out november 19th and it's um some of the best music i think this band has written if not the best music we've written and it's it's uh seems to be to be playing the role with the fans and everything too so yeah yeah it's it's yeah. been nothing but amazing being back yeah. and i would totally agree with that you know um the the press team over at uh Adam Splitter got me the advanced copy and everything. And I've been definitely diving into some of those tracks and whatnot. And I, I would agree, you know, like I'd listened to volumes before, you know, kind of off and on, um, you know, you know how it is being in the music scene, like couldn't say the fan, but you know, wasn't skipping songs or anything either. Uh, just right. never got like super invested, I guess. And then, sure, sure, sure. Um, then they they hit me up about this new album and everything and i was like you know yeah let's check it out see what's going on because like i said nothing nothing that you guys have ever put out really was like ah shit you know fuck them or whatever uh so i was like yeah i'm interested let's let's see what's up 
And uh, yeah, like this new album, man, I, I would agree is probably your strongest portfolio of work um, since, you know, the inception of the band, really. Yeah, yeah, we thank you so much, first of all, and you're very kind. And those those um, the songs that we wrote and, you know, this collection of music that we made for this album, uh, just really like, yeah, I think we were, this was bubbling the entire time, even when I used to be in the band. And we, we have an album called No Sleep that's like very, very reminiscent of what's going on here. And that was the last album I made with the boys. So this is definitely like kind of an extension of, of that. And how that album was made and more importantly um you know we got our one of the originators of the band and original producers we got him back in the mix and for us you know his name's daniel bronstein and he's a great friend and great you know family friend of mine and um that's kind of the icing on the cake here and why these songs are so intimate and and kind of hitting hitting the mark with with uh how long this band's been around and and how long the fans have been listening um having dan in the mix really really like you know won that battle there and that's why it's feels somewhat of an old you know sound of volumes which which is was intentional and wanted to shed some light on that might have lost you is authentic I, you know i know you know what i missed that i missed that whole yeah, last you're fine yeah, i'm sorry no, you're fine that. no you're good uh i said you know um you use the term intimate for for the new music and i would agree but i think maybe a more accurate term for for listeners is uh it's authentic you know you guys aren't aren't out trying to write songs that are you know going to play on the radio specifically or anything like that you're writing songs that you know are really ingrained in your life yeah you know there's there's no really binding concept to the album there's no like you know um it's not like a concept album with with a whole message or, or anything like that and i think that's what volumes has done best um is just writing from the heart and writing about like experiences mainly um and how we see things in perspective um but yeah you know we do we 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 these songs there's some big swings there's some big choruses on the album and we ride that fine line of kind of like the orientation of how the music's made is very pop oriented and the way that it's put together is kind of is that like markability at factor, which we feel heavy music can be just as big as any other genre in the world right now. That is, that is massive. So yeah. um, I, th I think it's important to ride that fine line and, and Dan, Daniel Bronstein's just, you know, a, a genius when it comes to that. Yeah can definitely make things authentic and nostalgic at the same time with, um, you know, making, making things sound, you know, awesome and contemporary and relevant. So it's, it's, it was a bit of a pleasure working with him. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, to your point, the, the fact that I'm trying to think of how I want to word this terrestrial radio fucked everything up, you know, and obviously right, it's, right. it's been around forever, but like it dominated so long because people were exposed to new music. Came out when it did and terrestrial radio just had this stranglehold on what was going to be popular and it was pop music studio uh, like more anthem rock and things like that yeah and then punk and 
title came out and it's like, oh, so we we don't get any exposure, but we appeal to probably a larger percentage of people. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, now more than ever, I think there's eyes on, I guess you could say rock music as a whole from, you know, whether it's a good positive thing to listeners, you or negative thing, or it's like artists like Machine Gun Kelly or artists like Modson, artists like Travis Barker, Little Huddy, the Willow Chick or whatever, the Will Smith uh, daughter, like these, like, yeah, like I'm, it's not really my thing. And, you know, I was raised on Blink-182 and Southern California and Travis Barker and all that stuff. And it's kind of weird seeing how popular um, that is right now, but I hope out of that is like some resurgence of, you know, the conglomerates and massive marketing, music marketing companies and stuff like that. And people who control those decisions to, you know, obviously tap into what we're doing, you know, like there's bands that have been around forever and it just seems like, Oh, now it's like that moment where it's like, Oh, Oh, now this is cool. Like I've been doing this for 10 years and not making any money. And now everyone's a punk rocker. So it's like, that aspect for sure is really interesting. Um, but the good thing of why I love heavy music and ultimately I came back to playing in a heavy bed again is because I did try to go out and do a different style that was very like radio friendly, solo music, me, a video wall and a DJ, which is the complete opposite of what goes on here. And, right. <laughs> you, you know, it's, 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 it's the loyalty. It's there's no the it's a fickle, fickle road, and you know playing for these fans and this demographic has just been you know like a three sixty for me and um, such a pleasure. And you know, it's I think that connection overall like wins me over for sure at thirty one years old playing punk and metal for you know since I was sixteen. So. Right it's just a deeper connection, you know, and, and uh, big music's great. And all those artists are awesome. Machine Gun Kelly and everyone I mentioned, but there's just something about like doing this for so long and not being huge and not getting all the recognition and only getting it in certain places. It's how you look at that. And it's how you sift through that. And we're in a place, I'm in a place, the band's in a place of like realizing that, you know, it is bigger than us now. If you stick around for as long as we have, it turns into something much, much larger than us four on stage. So that's like yeah. the connection I'm looking for. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think to to your point, you know, those artists like Machine Gun Kelly and, and Willow and some of these genre jumpers that have come out over the last couple of years, like on, on the one hand, it's the the hope you you know like maybe because me machine gun kelly's playing this more people will get exposure to it and more people will start looking into these other bands and the scene can just thrive off that right and it not to cut you off but it's it's like you know it's the moment where machine gun kelly asked neck deep to go on tour and open for him you know that's right. good that does that does well for everybody right or it's right. you know a situation like that so those those that's what i hope is like yeah and, happen, and I, you know what i mean yeah i totally agree yeah and I, you know not to sound i'm 36 so not to sound like the jaded old man either but like on the other side of that hand it's like okay but 
there are artists that have literally killed themselves to make their music. Sure. And they got nothing, you know, and it's like, why, you know, why is one good, but one's bad type of thing. And I know it's not, it's not the way you want to focus on it. Right. Like if you're putting out true and authentic art, that's what really matters. But at the same time, it's almost like a, uh, like, you know, the old school poser hipster thing, like you're, you're kind of appropriating this culture that's been around just because one person you like is doing it now. Oh, I mean, and that a hundred percent, that's like the will, the willow thing that I'm just like, my mind's boggled. It's like, it's like, you know, I can only speak to like the optics of just like, Oh, you clear, this is clearly like someone's, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you listened, you listened to all this music and like know who certain people are that are, you know, I'm sure kids don't even fucking realize who Travis Barker is beyond what's going on right now. And like, that's the stuff that's a little wonky to me where I'm like, Oh wow. Like this music isn't good. And like, this is, it's just like, so, so uh, abrasive, I guess is like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to tread lightly here, but yeah, it's, (laughs) that's, that's just like, Oh man, it's such a bummer to, to see like that. Like there's nothing wrong with anyone wanting to like do what they want to do in the music they make. But like, I was hoping like, I don't know, like, wouldn't it be cooler if it was like, Hey, like she's been doing this. She is in this band. It's been a thing. No one really knows about it. And it's like, she's just like, you know, in a sick, like three piece chick rock band, like bikini kill or something. And it's like that to me, I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, that's way sicker than like what, you know, so if that's kind of like, I totally agree, man. And you know, like the, the other analogy I use is, you know, maybe again, it's me being the old man, but when Skrillex came out and everybody jumped on the dubstep train and it's like, you know, I'm sitting there going, yeah, that's, that's Sonny Moore. He had a band called from first to last, like, this album yeah, will no change one. your life. Like, yeah, what are we right, talking right. about here? <laughs> this 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 man was very much playing Warp Tour, like at like fourteen years old. Right, right. <laughs> like, so, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. And you know, I think that kind of to both of our points that we've danced around a little bit, I think the music industry's in a very prime position now, <laughs> though, to leverage all these quote unquote subgenres and or alternative genres, if you will. So hopefully, you know, obviously the the major label thing is relatively irrelevant, you know, like, sure. yeah. yeah, it'd be cool if Universal or, or Sony was like, hey, we're, we're going to sign you and it's going to be the biggest push ever. But that right. stuff doesn't happen, especially not overnight. Um, right. But at the same time, like, you know, you guys are, are with Fearless Records, who is one of the largest, quote unquote, independent and I think you guys are in that position now where the heavier music is is enough of a spotlight where they can really push and say, look at all the cool shit we have. And you guys are going to be at the forefront of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, and like, yeah, not to be all right. And that's, a, you know, I totally resonate with that. But it's it's like, yeah, like obviously we're 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 conveying that it's tough and this is hard and you got to be dedicated, but like with how quick the world moves and how, see now I sound like an old man with how quick (laughs) the world moves and how, how like accessible everything is and Spotify and Instagram, 
you know, bands are bigger and better. I mean, look at the ghosts inside. I used yeah. to watch them at a, at a Kung Fu studio where there was carpet on the floor uh, and, and play in front of 60 kids and I would never miss them. Right. And now they're a massive band and that's attributes to a multitude of reasons. But I think mainly it's the utilization of their platforms and getting their music out there. And if your management and your record label know what they're doing, have the budget mainly because everything's money in politics but less politics in this in this genre in this scene i mean obviously objectively there's a little but that's why this you know heavy music so important to me is because even even like the record labels and the managers they've their passion is very much in this music and like it's they, they take it seriously too so yeah i just feel like it, it is a long road you know but um look how big some of these bands get that have been around for so long. And, um, you know, that, that, that is a possibility too. Like, and you don't really have to be on the radio and you don't really have to, I don't know, entertain the, I guess, antics, if you will, of, 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 you know, the music industry. So there's that too, you know, and that's kind of, I feel like where we're headed is being a band that identifies with, you know, having having 10 plus years in the game and an amazing fan base and seeing like you know taking them with us and you know seeing seeing how big big how much bigger these shows can get you know throughout the years yeah i think that's the main goal yeah for sure and you know i think too the the cool thing like with a band like you has this longevity is you know like we were talking earlier you're out on tour now there are kids showing up to the I say kids, but they're, you know, our age, uh, sure. but there's there are kids showing up to these shows that you guys have seen in years and it starts to be a, a recognition thing like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, last time I was here, this dude was front center just screaming his head off or whatever. And so there's a lot more of a relationship build there versus not to say that maybe Willow or MGK isn't connecting with fans, but not in the same way that you have the ability to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're not here to like, you know, tarnish anyone's right. Any other artists or anything like that, you know, but yeah. Um, the connection, man. I mean, the other night I posted something like on my Instagram and we were played writing Pennsylvania and this kid like was giving us all his energy in front. It's great to see that, you know, uh, we love to see that that pumps us up, pumps me up still to this day. It always works. Right. And, uh, you know, he's, he lets me know in the middle of the set, like his friend died and passed away and for, it, it was a whole moment. And like, yeah. the, I don't know if, I don't know if that happens as much in other genres. And, and, you know, that was also a moment for me to go like, thank God I, I, you know, even the pandemic in two years, like just, just having that interaction with that fan, that one conversation, like in the middle of a song on stage, screaming in each other's ears, like, like, thank god i joined this band you know and it yeah. even the past two years of like making an album through the pandemic talk all our you know not being on tour like not knowing if we were still going to be a band all this stuff it's kind of like dude what like i'm this this like holding on to, to that moment and being like right. this this was such a long road it it sounds like i'm getting emotional talking about it because it's been such a it was almost like a release like oh god like yeah. like I, with him you know he's telling me something like oh my god man and i'm like oh yeah man <laughs> like i love you too dude like thank god i did this that was pretty yeah. cool yeah well and i think that goes to show the the 
back to the authenticity and the difference between commercial success, which don't get me wrong, you know, we live in a capitalist world, so we all right. need money. But at the same not always the measure of success. The fact that you guys are putting out songs that are connecting with these people that are going through tragedies or even the successes in their lives, and then they are able to, to tell you those stories. Like, that's, to me, you know, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like to you as well, that is almost as important, if not more important, than the paycheck at the end of the night. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we we're you know we make a living and we can pay our bills and stuff like that. And we don't we do go home and some of us work you know nine to fives and odd jobs currently right now is you know, full transparency. But yeah. yeah, no one's making no one's making you know large large checks here, and it, it it can come. And that's kind of to the conversation we had about you know how how big bands can get if they hit a stride and they utilize you know the things in the right way. So you really have to understand that, especially when you make the choice to scream into a microphone <laughs> and make these songs and produce these songs. It's a conscious decision that you're making to like not fold here and like see this through. And um, me just having the opportunity to come back to a band, which is a rare thing. It doesn't happen for every vocalist, you know, it's, it's um, another conscious decision I made, but yeah, that's, that that's just like proof that we we know it's that this is like you know we we not that we had to do this but we really wanted to make another album for the fans and just thought it was something that was almost obliged and owed um with you know yeah with knowing that there was going to be little reciprocation right yeah and i i think you know that just further proves you know that with that dedication and and devotion to the art like the good things will come it's not always going to be an easy road and you know like sometimes it's easy to get jaded that oh you know this this person put up one song and just blew up but it's just a matter of timing a lot of times yeah i mean like i said before politics and and money is, right. is one side of it but timing happens and um happens all the time and and it's it's that's the next best thing for a band to utilize is the timing of things you know whether it be however they want to use that whether it's when they put out a record or when they decide to make a different record you know all that stuff has to be considered and and really really like honed in when there aren't large budgets and you are an independent band and you're on a boutique label and stuff like that. right well, and then, you know, for you guys, add in the complications of, hey, here's COVID and the whole fucking world's going to be shut down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was, yeah, I mean, we, we got to play two shows at the beginning of 2020. And, <laughs> you know, we started out on this huge high and we did a show in Japan and a show in Hawaii. And like one of those shows was like, I don't know, there's like 7,000 kids in Japan and. I had never been and it was the first show back. So, you know, it's like, well, yeah. Jesus, this is, this is a dream, dream come true. And then you get home and quickly everything starts closing down. And then quickly your touring schedule, like, I don't know, the five tours we had were just toppled. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was daunting and there was moments where we didn't know if we were going to keep going, to be honest. And we had all this amazing music written and still had music to write. And 
So, yeah, I mean, I think like the only comforting thing was that us and everyone we knew was going through it, um, which was also a weird, like cathartic moment to know that like, usually it's easy to just be self-centered and focus on yourself and go, it's only happening to me. But then it's like, the facts are the entire music industry is completely at a halt, which is like, you know, never happened. Yeah, no. And, you know, there was a lot of concern, obviously, too, as things started to come back or even well before they came back, like some music venues and stuff like that, struggling to make bills and and closing down. And it's like, well, what is the future of music? Yeah, it's so scary. You know, like what artists are one thing, but the people that like house you and the people like, you know, that let you come into their venues. And those are the people I felt the worst for. And mainly, you know, everyone that you bring, you know, whoever your tour managers, your drivers, your, your crew, like the people that you grow to know, if you have a lockdown, like crew, you know, and a a set of people, like they depend on you. Right. And they depend on the venue. So it's, it's, it's a whole domino effect. And, you know, artists, artists, artists are used to getting not paid or not or getting paid less right right so the one thing you think of is just everyone else you know at least we did we were just like wow like every, all all our friends all our touring family everyone we know we were concerned about them because you know these are like the hardest working people that i've ever met so it's yeah it's it, it seemed all bad but you know here i am talking to you now in a green room in ohio very much back at it and it feels great yeah and you know we're just as as we're talking a couple weeks away from the record, but uh, looking at the calendar, this is going to go live on the 17th. So just days away from this new record um, that, you know, like you said, you had some of the music already. Some of it gets written through COVID. It all gets kind of produced and, and put together through COVID. Like it's, you know, back to your point about cathartic experiences, right? Like, holy shit you know we survived it no you know not trying to drama that too much but you know we survived this covid era and now we've got a new we're out on tour we've got a new record coming out like things are starting to move back to a normal direction oh man when this record comes out it's gonna be like we've it's been such a long road you know (laughs) like just the date has never it still seems like you know it's a matter of days really and it still seems like so far away so it's gonna be like the best feeling ever when it's out but yeah i mean three years to make a record it's like you have all the time in the world but it's also kind of can be detrimental you know for your like mental health and your creative side like so yeah i mean it was it was just insane but we're so glad that we did it and we're here and we're back together yeah so um you know again this is going to go live just a couple days before the album but still don't want you to get your hands slapped or anything so if you can't answer uh any of these questions about the album that's totally fine uh but what would you say through the writing slash recording process off the new songs what your toughest song to get right was Ooh, probably, probably a song called Serenity, which is like a really, really old, old volume song from an album called Via. It's like our second album, first, first official album. Um, but we put out an EP before it. So I guess it wouldn't be second, but we, that song is just like the time signatures are just insane. 
and um the vocal patterns are like so um so like remedial i guess is a good word like just we were so young and it was one of those throwaway songs but it's like our fan base just absolutely loves that song and requests all the time so we kind of were just like let's just do it for them we have a 70 minute set you know we can right. play all these so that oh like i don't look for i mean i don't i don't look forward to playing that song <laughs> because it's just such a it's just such a beater like it's 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 like after i'm done with that song i'm just like toll is taken because it's right. a crazy song. so that so that one ironically like like the new stuff like a lot of singing there's a lot of like but that there it's so much fun to play those songs and it's carefree you don't think about it but like that's like that one song in your life set that you have to like hunker down i think everyone has those songs and you're just kind of like mentally going through it yeah for sure and i i think you know again from a uh hopefully appreciate type of sentiment here like the songs that typically the songs that people connect to the most are the ones that are the hardest to write because they're the most emotional or you know whatever or sometimes in the case of this like they're the most fucking complex thing so it's like how do we do this live without you know because it's not going to sound like the record but i need it to sound as close to the record as possible yeah yeah i mean it's a, a shitload of practice <laughs> and a shit a shitload of money spent on gear and mm -hmm. you know just just dialing i mean we're, we're out here still dialing stuff in every day i mean you can always make things sound better and yeah I, th I think it's like just one of those like back to the basics things where it's like you you just very much got to get in a room and feel each other out and drill 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 songs you know over and over five six seven eight times like that that's just uh, that that's how it works and that's how it sh should be done and that's very much what we did for like three months you know and that was the yeah. long like i i remember when i used to be in the band back in like you know early 2000s mid 2000s like we practice for uh two days before and then just hit the road right and just and just use the first couple shows as practice so like taking it way more seriously obviously 10 years later 11 years later at 31 um investing that time putting that three months of practice in it was you know something we never did before and it was fun it was great well, no, I think it gives you the opportunity to when you actually start performing them live and like on stage, some of it's muscle memory. So you can get lost in the song and the crowd energy and stuff because you just know what you're doing next. <laughs> the other night, the other night I'm with someone, I was like in the middle of like screaming apart and this I'm like looking in the crowd and I'm like, this guy looks like, who's this guy look like? Who's and like just... <laughs> the things your mind goes to are I'm just like, what am I door dashing later? And like, I'm very much like in a full, full spiel, full moment or whatever I'm doing up on stage. And I'm just thinking about like, Oh, is Taco Bell going to close or like, what? You know? <laughs> so, it's funny. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, that's funny. So let's go with the next uh, question about the album. What would you say is the sleeper song on the album? Um, you know, the song that, probably the first time people aren't really going to maybe connect with as well, but as it, you know, grows on people, that's going to be the standout song. Yeah. There's a song called malevolent on the album. That's like very heavy and very menacing uh, 
song and at first glance it's early it's early in the album it's like song two i believe i haven't looked i i have looked at the track listing in so long it's been three years but um uh yeah that song i think is a sleeper because it's it 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 showcases like very old heavy like initial volumes vibes and um it's really important to us that we like peppered those moments on the album so malevolent would probably be my pick for sleeper for sure Awesome. Yeah, I, I would agree. And you're right. It is track number two. Um, yeah. I've got it pulled up next to me. So, yes, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think the cool thing too for you guys is, and I'm sure this was semi intentional, but you're going to be hitting Santa Cruz the day of release. Like, how intentional was that? And is it intended to be like the, the album release show? No, it just panned out like that. We're actually chain with the day, the next day, like chain would probably leaning more into like our, even though it's not the day of the release, that's right. like our, our, um, our hometown show since we're all from Southern California and we love playing to chain reaction. But, yeah. um, listen, I'm like, love the Pacific Northwest. I love Northern California. <laughs> Santa, Santa Cruz is like my type of place. I surf and I skate and I'm, have my whole life so like i'm uh super into playing the catalyst up there we've done it a couple times and yeah i mean it's i'm like i was actually today like looking at like spots and like beaches and stuff i could go hang out <laughs> and just like vibe so anywhere in california is pretty rad for us to play like um california is obviously like where we're from and it just has always been like a strong strong market for us wherever we go and got a lot of friends from over the years so right. we haven't really played up north in a long time so it'll be good to to pass on through yeah and i i think you know it's one of those kind of those moments where you know it, it's back to the roots i guess is the way that i want to put this because obviously starting out most bands stick within you know a two to three hour tour range of their their hometowns and things like that so anytime you're back in the home state where you've got these like quote-unquote traditional stomping grounds it just amplifies the energy for you yeah yeah uh catalyst like we've we've done like santa barbara like there's a venue called velvet jones up there it's like kind of like historical it's a small venue and catalyst also has a bunch of history and anytime like we get up there we forget like um, that there is like a stronghold for us and, and Northern California is like San Francisco on up has always been like super, super fun to play. It's very reminiscent of East coast crowds. They're like, they're not going to just give a you everything at first. And like when they do, it's like brutal. So we, yeah, like San Francisco, the Bay area is like very reminiscent of New York. And then you get up to Sacramento and it's kind of, it, it, it mellows out a little bit but there's still that mentality and like santa cruz is obviously very very laid back but everyone drives from you know you play that one show hopefully hopefully you get people from the bay and people from sac to come up so right it's right. a good blend it's a good blend yeah so uh i know you've got you know you're you're set soon so let's uh work on the wrap up here um sure. <laughs> Obviously, we've got the new album coming. You're, you know, going to be finishing up tour right around the time that the album drops. 
are there plans for anything in like December into, you know, heading to the end of 2021 or is the plan to kind of take that month, a rest month or whatever, and then kick off 2022? Yeah. I mean, we're, we, I don't think we're going to be resting too much as far as like making music. We're, we're pretty much going to jump into uh, making another, you know, album or more songs. Um, when we get back home, obviously we'll take a couple weeks off to right. chill, but we have a show in, in December, I believe it's December 19th. Oh, I could be wrong, but it's with Crown Empire and it's like a LA show um, that we had booked for before this tour, but we had to push back. Uh, so we'll be like doing that one-off show, which will be awesome, but then we'll be back out. We got like five months home and then we'll be back out in the springtime with a couple of pretty big bands that I can't really mention now, but it's, right. it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I just pulled it up. It is December uh, 19th. 19th. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So over in LA for that one. Um, yeah. So, and, and that, I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? Like new album, let it breathe a little bit, play that, that set. And then, obviously as a creative you know you never really stop writing or or making new things um what would you say the ideal obviously you've got some stuff that you can't announce but let's say perfect world 2022 everything's back open you know covid is is just such a fucking afterthought that we don't even have to worry about it what would that perfect year look like for you um couple a couple of like an australian tour would be awesome uh <laughs> uh yeah just like an australian tour like a european tour maybe even a south american tour and just fucking surfing and eating mexican food in california that that <laughs> seems like a good a good a good lead into the next year so yeah yeah that that doesn't sound bad at all uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome man um so yeah Basically, what we'll do to wrap up here, I'm going to link all the social medias and things like that. But where can people find you? What's the best way to interact with you guys online and kind of what to expect from you guys online? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're on, you know, we're on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I think we actually just made a TikTok like last week. And I don't <laughs> I am not the person that could tell you even what our handle is. But, you know, for for Instagram, it's volumes, man. And you can find all of our personal instagram accounts there and yeah i mean we're we're pretty we're pretty diligent about just updating everything on uh our, our instagram and our website volumesbandofficial.com awesome man well that's everything i've got for you again i appreciate you taking the time to to kind of reset with me since we had dude it was a it was an absolute <laughs> pleasure it was a pleasure hopefully uh i won't be able <laughs> you're in fort wayne tomorrow which is actually only like an hour and a half away from me, but I unfortunately have to work my day job. So I'm not uh, gonna be able to get up there for that, but you no know, hopefully, uh, you know, that spring tour or, you know, summer tour, you guys will be back around and I can get out to a show and, you know, just rage. Yeah. Out. We'll, we'll, we'll do this in person. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Sounds awesome. good, man. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate your time. Have a good show, man. Be safe on the rest of the tour and we'll talk soon. All right. All right, brother. Thank you so much, my man. Talk to you soon. All right. Later. Later. And that was my conversation with Michael Barr of the band Volumes. 
super cool dude. Huge shout out and, and appreciation to him for taking the time. You know, like I said, they're out on tour right now, and uh, he found time to do that before they're set. So, you know, huge, huge thank you for that, because I know sometimes that can be super stressful, too. They're getting pulled in a million different directions on a show day, and to take the time to give me, you know, roughly an hour of his time, uh, you know, between sound check and warm-ups and doors opening and any other press that he had going on or whatever um you know it's just really appreciated so uh definitely want you guys to start paying attention to volumes they've been around for quite a while um and i think finally things are kind of in the right spot um and what I mean by that is the music industry is in the right spot, finally. I think the overall fan base, um, the music consumer, whatever you want to call it, is in a good position to really elevate bands right now. And Volumes needs to be on that list of bands that are getting elevated. And I think, you know, this new album uh, is potentially going to be that launch pad. Uh, so the new album is called Happier with a question mark. Um, and it is dropping on November the 19th. So just a couple days after this episode goes live. In fact, it's this coming Friday um, as of this episode going live. Definitely want you to check it out. Be sure you, you know, follow them, like, subscribe, all that sort of stuff that I ram down your guys's throat every single week uh but that you know that free support matters so much as well and by free support i mean simply liking you know a post of theirs following them on instagram following them on spotify or apple or wherever you're listening to music those things matter it all plays into analytics it all plays into how well they're seen it just, it really matters, and it costs you zero dollars to do it. Um, as always, their social medias and things are going to be linked in the description of this podcast, so hit them up. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, this new album is is a really, really solid contender for one of the best albums I've heard this year, um, and I think that there's so much potential and hopefully longevity um, in their career that this is going to be kind of that that turning point and that kind of benchmark for where they are and where they're going. Um, also, definitely want to throw it out, you know, got to self-promote some. Be sure that you're subscribed to the podcast, be sure that you like us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, that's where we're most active, primarily Instagram as far as activity, uh, very little on Twitter or anything like that currently. Um, give us, you know, the likes and shares and, and comments uh, on any of the digital streaming platforms. That all helps us as well. It bumps us up in the ranks and visibility and in turn gets us bigger guests and more opportunity and hopefully bringing on people that you guys enjoy so 
the other thing I want to throw out is obviously the holidays are coming up. Um, so if you haven't bought merch, head over to youmakethescene.com slash shop. Pick up some merch. Um, and I've talked about it a few times. Uh, I am actually a brand ambassador for Eargasm Earplugs. They do not pay me directly for promoting them or anything like that in the sense of, um, you know, prepaid promotion or whatever. I do get a small kickback if you use my promo code, but you also get a small discount. So head over to Eargasm Earplugs, use my code, you make the scene, and get 10% off your order. Um, truly, I've used Eargasm Earplugs for the last about four years, um, and they are hands down the best earplugs I've used to shoot shows and not lose all of the sound around me. I've personally got the high fidelity earplugs, and I'm gonna be I'm able to be in the pit, still enjoy the show, photograph, and come out without losing any hearing, uh, no ringing in my ears, none of that muffled sound. It's it's just it's awesome to walk out of a show and still be able to have a conversation without yelling or sounding like you're talking funny. Uh, so check out Eargasm Earplugs, use promo code you make the scene, and save 10%. Um, that's everything I've got for you guys this week. So what we're going to do is I'm going to take you out with a song by Volumes off their new album, and that's going to be the title track. That title track is called Happier, and I really want you guys to dive in. This album drops this coming Friday, November the 19th. Uh, remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene. Resign time!